Bald Shot Podcast, Too Long Didn't Listen. I'm Chad, and, uh, well, we've got a few things to discuss over the last few episodes, so let's get started. All right, well, first thing, we've had uh, some significant events with the characters. I think uh, most significant amongst them was uh, John Ollie uh, shanking Tam in the bilges. So, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about where your, your character is at after this? Uh, it seems like a kind of an emotional blow. Yeah, absolutely. So John, is, he definitely did kill Tam, um, and he, he did it on purpose. And his big thing was, I think he's been trying to talk these pirates into a different kind of lifestyle for a couple days now. I mean, we've been on the ship for two weeks, and he's time. noticed, well, yeah, the whole time. I mean, I've been calling out Scourge and trying to make this like, hey, you know, we can be pirates and do good. Not all of us have to be completely shitty, you know, and it's not working. So if I can't change them by talking to them, I can change them by showing them. It's kind of like that drastic measure, you know, like, <laughs> all right, well, if you're not going to do what I tell you to, then I'm just going to kill you and show the rest of everybody else like, hey, you can keep being the way you are and you're going to end up dead or you can listen to me and maybe live. Well, now, how does that really differ from what Scourge and Barnabas and all the others have been doing? It doesn't. That's the great thing about storytelling. <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> so what you're saying is you're going evil. Is that what you're telling? I'm not saying I'm going evil, but I think that he has come to a realization that the only way he can show them not to be awful is to be awful. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, it kind of like uh, do what I say, but not what I do. I'm not sure how well that's going to work out, but it should be interesting to watch regardless. As far as alignments go, that kind of sounds like a chaotic good to neutral. Well, I'm a true I mean, neutral right now. Okay. So, uh, I mean, essentially, I would assume that if we're going to really play the our alignments, it probably would become like a chaotic neutral. Well... I think I mentioned it before, but when I run a game, you don't follow the alignment. The alignment follows you. So however right. you're acting, your alignment changes to match the way you're playing your character. Yeah. I've always thought alignment was a, a very dynamic, changing over time thing. It's not just set in stone. Well, realistically, I mean, in real life, people people aren't always the same. I mean, right. you're not always just good your entire life, right? right. Sometimes you do evil things. Yeah, bad thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, that follows through in Pathfinder. I mean, you can do some pretty messed up stuff and what? then... <laughs> Come back later. What? What are you giggling about? I like, hey, I worst even... thing I do, I eat, I eat all the donuts or something. I mean, <laughs> that's about as chaotic as I get. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Right. Sometimes you go for like the jelly-filled ones, though, right? Oh, we were I talking mean, about donuts chaotic. earlier, Wes. Uh, oh, your history donuts. of donut life. <laughs> you don't choose the donut life; the donut life chooses you. So, Wes, anyway. was that was that something you were expecting for me to kill Tam? I was sort of hoping because I really like John Ollie, so yeah. I didn't want him to die. Right. And then you gave me this really great opportunity with a 20 on a, a parry repost. Oh, that was awesome. And yeah. so, so to awesome. reward you for that parry repost, you got a chance to take the dagger away, and you did. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't take that dagger, every time you tried to punch one of them, attack of opportunity because you do not have improved unarmed attack. Right, yeah. But now I'm sweating in a box, so You are, that. <laughs> but that's an easy solution. You're not stabbed to death by two nasty pirates. Instead, you turn it into an epic story of this like conquest of one individual against two guys. A little bit of help from Adagoke at the end, Yeah. but yeah. I think you had them handled up pretty well. That's yeah. why I love the, uh, I love the dice. The dice are always the gamer's worst enemy and best friend. Right. Because if you roll a bunch of ones, it's like, okay, your character's dead. But if you roll 20s, boom, you get a crazy story like that. The dice are the chaos monkey. Exactly. They they inject that randomness that provides the opportunity for those stories. Well, especially last time he had all the 20s and all the 1s and they were alternating and that makes an even better story. Right. Yeah. Right. So. And really you, were, you were the epitome of a well, swashbuckler that fight. Oh, wow. like you were, oh, yeah. I mean, just all those panache, panache points, panache right? right? I mean, yep. just perfect. Those well, things are awesome. Good, and good speaking fight. of uh, sheer insane actions and character changes, 
uh, Matt, or should I call you Master Fane yeah, at this Master. point, who decided oh to God. attack an officer and somehow pulled it off? Well, it was the best way to distract him. I, and I, when I attacked Fane, uh, when I attacked Master Scourge, I was thinking the worst case scenario a billion lashes or whatever. <laughs> and it's just subdual damage, I'll be knocked out, blah, blah, blah. I had completely 100% forgotten about Keel Hawley. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it worked because you almost distracted all the players. Because <laughs> I think we all froze when that happened. Well, yes. the GM, Wes, had a very what-do-I-do-now expression on his face when you did that. And that's very appropriate because I was really wondering what the hell am I going to do with this information? I had like, no There's idea only one solution. For Scourge at this point, and that's to murder you in some way, shape, or form. You have embarrassed him in front of the crew. You tripped him. He was stunned. He didn't act appropriately, so he was going to kill haul you. But no, Barnabas lets you get into a fight with him. You do really well in the fight. You show his ass up, and now you're the. You've taken his place on the boat. Yeah, I didn't expect to become the master. Yeah, me neither. Farms. <laughs> That's what the dice will do for you when you roll well. I'm still in shock. Actually, just sitting here talking about, it, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do at all as an officer of the ship that we're trying to mutiny. Right. Yeah. Speaking well, of unexpected yeah. things. Uh, the whole fight with Sebastian and Albert. I mean, uh, that, that's totally unexpected because everyone I've read online has run that the way it's, it's supposed to be ran, right? I mean, yeah. you get your brawler or whoever to fight, and then yeah. they either hurt or knock Albert out. But instead, we've got a guy that decides to talk him down. and Well, try anyway. Well, right, right. But I'm I'm assuming it's that's probably <laughs> the first time that's ever been done. I can't imagine anyone else has ever thought, like, oh, oh. we'll just talk Albert well, down. Well, to be perfectly honest... That was a spur of the moment decision on my part as a player, because you know Adagoke was not going to fight him, it just straight up. They were pushing for somebody to fight him, and Sebastian has been written up as being a little impulsive, and he's a talker, and he'd already been trying to talk to Albert. It's like, all right, I can do this. I end up losing a tooth, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I half expected Scourge was going to send Sebastian to the Bilges for that whole thing with the fight and ticking him off and not providing appropriate entertainment. So, Adagoke, you didn't fight right. Owlbear no. in that. You were a, Plug attempted to goad you into it. Do we ever discuss why you didn't fight? Yeah, you did kind of. Because yeah, so. I mentioned it a little on on air, and I know like that's true. I know I've talked in my backstory about it, but like in my episode zero, it starts off. You know, Adagoke was a a boxer, basically an unlicensed boxer in Port Peril, and so he's done a lot of those fighting for entertainment, fighting for money, and things like that. But he's always done it. It's always been his choice, and it's always been the choice of the other fighters. So. When he saw Albert basically just get dragged up and goaded by these people who were abusing him, he's like, I'm not going to fight that guy. That guy's not choosing to do this. That guy's being forced into this role. So Adagoke has a really big heart. Um, yeah. At least for the oppressed. Well, maybe, Absolutely. Okay. Because, yeah, and he follows a, a god that's a blend of Desna and Gozera. So mm -hmm. you know, he believes in the wind and freedom and the ability to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And it seems like Albert is is kept down by the man. He has a code. That's always good. Exactly. I think okay, he's like a hippie. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a very angry hippie. Yeah. The captain's got you down, man. <laughs> well, I, would, I always imagined Albert like Sloth from Goonies. You know, like he was just locked up in a, in a pit somewhere and they made fun of him and they treated him like crap all the time. And finally, 
somebody stepped up and did the right thing and he was this great guy. So I kind of had that feeling, you know, a <laughs> little bit of chunk between Adigo K and, uh, <laughs> uh, Adigo K and uh, uh, Sebastian you well, know, talking to the Owlbear guy. My thought a little bit was Sloth from the Goonies, but also uh, <laughs> Junior from Of Mice and Men. Oh, that's another okay. one too, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not very, he doesn't strike me as being very bright. He's very, very eager to please, you know, anybody that he thinks is, is good to him. But he doesn't... I'm not sure he necessarily fully grasps what he's doing to people either. Yeah. Right. And he kind of lets them, ab- you know, lets them abuse them. That's sort of why Sebastian sort of cleaned him up and, and all that. He felt sorry for him because he's been enslaved and Sebastian very much values his own freedom. I which think, is why he's a little ticked at John that John killed Tam before he could. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have mentioned it to you guys in between sessions, but let's go ahead and get it out there now. I'll peek behind the GM screen. Owlbear has an intelligence of four. Oh, wow. So it's pretty uh-huh. much like my character from the Knox Vegas campaign you ran. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, there are dogs <laughs> with nearly the same intelligence as Owlbear. Yeah. And that's so the way he's played. He's sort of uh, uh, the guy from uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, Mad like Master, Master Blaster. Blaster. He yeah. has the mind of a child. Yeah. More, or, you know, more or less. He's just, mm. And I, I kind of got that impression. And, you know, Sebastian sort of felt sorry for him. He he lost his freedom. He was being forced on things he didn't want to do, you know. He's only got one eye, apparently. I, I, oh, no, he's not one eye. He's deaf in one, on one he's side. He's deaf in one ear, I yeah. Think. I think he's got both it? eyes. No, he's, I think he's he's got trouble with his left eye because he oh, couldn't see when yeah, things were being thrown he did a perception at him. Okay, it was, that yeah. was it. I couldn't remember if he yeah. was deaf or blind on one it's side. It's not that he was blind. He just, uh, one side. Vision. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Too Probably from too many blows to the head Probably. or something. Yeah. Exploring character headspace a little bit. What does uh, Adagoke <laughs> sort of think, you know, going forward? Where's Adagoke at at this point? We've seen a ship on the horizon, which we'll kind of discuss here in a second. You know, John, the sort of naive kid of the crew, has shanked somebody. And you watched him do it. And too. you watched yeah. him do it. Which yeah. has I mean, blown out of Goku's mind. Because he's always been like, okay, well, I'm going to clearly have to be the person who fights around this crew because none of them else seem to be like, we're going to resolve this difficulty with our fists. So <laughs> he's always expected he's having to do it. That's why he was like trying to punch through the, the door. He's trying to do all this. Then he opens it up and it's like, oh, no, John can absolutely handle this problem on his own. So yeah, if his player rolls high enough, <laughs> <laughs> well, with you that's never a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's kind of surprised at the ruthlessness that John has just has just shown. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily think it's a bad idea because clearly we're going to need to. But he is super excited about this boat. <laughs> he's like, oh, there's another ship. There's a chance for us to get out of here. I cannot wait, and that's going to be his driving goal from now on. It's like I've got to get on that boat. Sounds about right. I think we're all sort of feeling that way. But uh, Valley, Kitnick, how about you? Where's Kitnick at wanting to well, head north besides that? Not anymore, remember, because I found out oh, about the, yeah. the caravan. True, true. Forgot about that. Uh, so that actually is going to lend me to wanting to go not north. <laughs> not north. That's uh, right. So you're yeah. you're trying to find like the witch's caravan? Uh, goblin caravan or what was it called? Oh, witches. It? I wrote it down. It's a witch's caravan. Okay. It's the witch market. The witch market. The witch yeah. market. From That's the right. first world. We were yes. all wrong. And who yeah. is well, it? You know. Do you remember who it is you were looking for? From Mr. Kashaba. Your paper remembers. I remember <laughs> where they are. By the way, Wes, I was going to say, I, I love the... Uh... Brush Mirabar. What? No, it sounded like a compliment. I need to hear it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, found it. Yeah. I love the fact that with Conchavar, you did the whole like, oh, we're going to talk normal <laughs> to everybody, except for Kit, who I'm basically like Austin Powers at this point. And then when you need to talk seriously, you drop it. And it's like, okay, 
Let's turn this off for a second yeah, and then ramp it right back up. Turn the charm on. It right? wouldn't be nearly yeah. as funny if I didn't actually know people like that. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I think we've all met someone like What's that. What's up in the hat, milady? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Right? So, yes, yeah. It's Brush Mary Bar is who I'm looking for. Yes. Excellent. So. And, yeah. I, yeah, well, I think uh, a lot of it is is Kitnick is starting to warm up a little more to the fact that people actually want her around and want her help and input because you know she's kind of been off to the side being sneaky not really very vocal just you know <laughs> learning to become part of the group because her character has never really been part of a group as Fane is starting to figure out why <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right so yeah she's she's definitely got some some interesting stuff going on in her background <laughs> that's slowly coming to light just gonna make her story more interesting as it goes. <laughs> Can we talk about my character next? Yes. Well, all, actually, all I was, eighteen of them. I was yes. gonna ask you, Wes. So, you know, <laughs> what do you think about all of this? Because we've sort of taken the adventure path. I'm pretty certain and twisted it almost beyond recognition. Yeah, well, the hardest part of a GM, right? I mean, uh, or the funnest. Like the hardest <laughs> part of the GM yeah. are the players. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm oh sure. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the the Master Scourge Fane encounter, uh, Scourge could have killed Fane right there on the boat. Yep. Mm-hmm. would have sliced and diced him and Barnabas would have laughed and tossed Fane's body off the boat. But See, instead, character death needs to happen sometimes. Right. I mean, if it happens hey. in a dramatically appropriate point like that in a one-on-one battle that he instigated because he <laughs> tripped an officer of the boat right in front of the captain, right. absolutely, I'm going to let the dice talk. <laughs> and you know what they said? They said Scourge couldn't even pull the freaking sword out of the boat deck <laughs> that I put there. Neither one of them. Like he's failed so many times on pulling those out, and he's and Fane's over there casting spells and ripping him to shreds and stuff. And uh, it was just embarrassing for oh, the him. Box cars. I forgot about the first. Yeah, roll. yes, you did. Yeah, that was nice. Here box cars is what double sixes. Yeah, <sighs> two, yeah, twelve points of damage. It was awful. So at that point, I mean, the dice spoke. Scourge is terrible. He's no good <laughs> at what he does. And know what's even funnier is it matches the write up in the book. Really, Scourge hmm. is a coward. He doesn't fight. He wants to run away or like... He's a bully. Yeah, he's an absolute bully. That's what he is. I honestly never thought that. That is exactly how it played out. Mm -hmm. I really assumed that he was just as big a dick as you were making him be. Like, I didn't ever... (laughs) In my wildest dreams, I never would have thought that they would have written him to be a coward. Yeah, no, that was a lot of overcompensation. Like, a lot of his attitude was very much... see the size of that wheel. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you should be careful there. What does that say about Fane? It's not a big whip. Oh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's only only 50. 15 feet <laughs> only <laughs> hey, since we're talking us. about head spaces so uh what's going through scourge's head uh pretty soon a bullet i bet <laughs> well we don't have those oh yeah none of us are gunslingers so no okay <laughs> no i mean scourge there are plans in place mm-hmm. for okay. all of you already and i cannot wait to get there in like a month oh. yeah <laughs> so what about sebastian chad i mean uh well sebastian sebastian's always been I mean, okay. If you haven't figured out, he's a bit of a con artist. Um, I know. Yeah, I know. Hard to believe. (laughs) Shocker. He's very much, his attitude is largely, if I get myself killed, I can't change anything in the future. So he's largely been kind of keeping his head down, working on making friends with the crew, Grok, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Owlbear, people that essentially he has been trying to build up a support base so that when the proper time comes, he can act. 
and he does he has those points where he sort of loses his self-control gets into a fight with owlbear well fight quote unquote with owlbear it was um, a fight with words sort of um but mostly he's sort of been keeping his head down trying to get things in a row and now that we've seen sails on the horizon he's sort of like at a go okay he wants off this ship he wants his freedom back and he will potentially kill whoever else in the crew necessary to do so. Yeah. He just hasn't really had opportunity or sufficient reason to, you know, straight up murder anyone yet, except for Tam. And well, you, uh, you know, John Ollie sort of took care of that for him. So, Absolutely. but that's kind of where he's at. And he, I, I'm hoping to see, have a little bit more opportunity for him to get more active going forward. And particularly as we get a ship and get some more freedom to what we can do and he can make some money. If you will. I think, I think a lot of us are going to see more of an opportunity to expand our yeah. characters oh, once, yeah. once our characters have the freedom to right. well, We're, we're kind of like goldfish. You know, the bigger the bowl, the bigger we get. Exactly. And our bowl's yeah. been pretty small for like the last nine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 12, 15. I mean, we, we've been in a survival situation. Right. And now we're finally getting to the point where maybe we can get out of that and and do our own thing and eventually get revenge on all of these, uh, on Barnabas and whatnot. Well, we've had to play it pretty safe, safe because we don't know a hundred percent who's really on our side, who's not. We've had to kind of be careful what we say around who. So and we have nowhere to run, right? We have nowhere to run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> none of and, us can swim well enough to get away. So, <laughs> well, frankly, I'm a little bit worried about the upcoming ship fight because none of us can throw a grappling hook or climb very well hey now, either. Hey, rope master. Yeah. Whatever. Thank you. You still didn't make it to the ship. <laughs> no, but I got closer than you did. <laughs> hey, I rolled like a 21 at one point, you know, once. Just Watch once. out, Nick. Sebastian will put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be on the rope and then you'll be in the water. Just uh, let them come to us. Uh, I don't think we're going to be fall given in the water. I don't think we're going to be given that option. Well, I get the feeling they're not going to rely on us to capture it. You know what I mean? I mean, I have no doubt they're, they're going to send have us over. E- well, yeah, they might, but they're going to have everybody trying to grapple it. True, but we're probably going to be throwing grappling hooks and we're still going to have to climb over. Wow. And I may fall and get squished by the two ships. Atago, we can just throw us all. There you go. <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> that idea. throw us to the other ship. Yeah. yeah. The Atago K trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> the two things I want to mention, because I've been listening to episodes over the past couple days with my wife. Something I picked up on that I've never, ever done in any game I've I've ever played, and Valley does it phenomenally, is really portraying how hurt you are. Because she gets Mm. hit with something, and she's got two hit points left, and she's like, oh, there's an arrow, I'm bleeding out. Like, she thinks about these kind of things. I think you guys all know, I've played with you for years. (laughs) When my characters get hit, I'm like, oh, well, okay. And then they all die, which is probably why. (laughs) You're like the rest of us. You take the hit points off the page and you move on with it. exactly. But (laughs) it's really cool because when I hear it, I hear Kitnick physically talking about like, oh, there's an arrow in me, I'm bleeding out, and then Fane and Sebastian have to clean up the blood, or John, you got bit and you were in bilges. You're going to be hurting. Like, I would never have thought of that because like Adam the player, I'm just like, oh, well, I got bit in the bilges. Okay, I'll deal with some con damage later. It's just Kitnick whining. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that bad. But you're right. It adds some really great <laughs> role-playing opportunity. Yeah, it's it not does. written in the rules, but yeah. it's something that we're doing, and it's a blast. Yeah. Well, and it's something you don't normally do in a traditional mm-hmm. play style, and you know we've tried to do something different with that, and yeah, I think that's a, a great little thing she's done. We actually did kind Thank of you. discuss before we even started this podcast of some of the rules we were going to incorporate, like the the hero point and, and the background skills. And the background skills. We were thinking about doing wound threshold, mm-hmm. but the the paperwork involved in keeping up with that wound threshold is monumental. It's It's so hard to keep up with. It's something you can kind of do if you've got Hero Lab. You can kind of quickly do it, but 
I mean, that's all of us having to get that and all yeah. of us having to get everything set yeah, up. Trying, to, not, trying to keep track of it on paper. Yeah. It's, yeah you'd end up with like five copies of your character sheet and you'd have to ruffle through them. Yeah, we all have the brawler the who has a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. I know how tough it is. And funny enough, speaking of other things, we were going to use Called Shot for the Called Shot podcast. But again, it was so just in depth in the rules that it was hard to keep up with. It wasn't. It would make it Something. not fun to play and not fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Exactly. So, it and would really bog things down. Exactly. Speaking of making things fun, I want to thank Wes because he has not said no to anybody. Yeah. And right? as a GM, like I've run games before and players are like, oh, there's a dragon? Well, I want to ride it. And I'm like, no. I mean, it's just, you know, because for, as a GM perspective, you're like, you're not going to be able to do it. Why? Like, don't waste your time. But it's been so much fun playing a game where... At any point in time, I think any of us have said, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, and Wes has gone, oh, give it a God, shot. How do I do this? Okay. <laughs> all right, and he's well. got a big smile on his face, and we have fun. So It's like, all right, well, what are you going to do? And I'm going to need some dice rolls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if you're out there and you're playing Pathfinder or D&D or any kind of game, and you find yourself kind of bored with it, try just having fun and saying yes to everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Just let the dice decide. There but, is a skill or a role or something that you can come up with. Even it's, if it's as simple as a dex check versus a dex check. At least give them a chance. Yeah. But at the same time, if the GM says, are you sure? <laughs> Probably should rethink that action. That and if nice. you roll like me, don't try anything. <laughs> you should either rethink it or you should rethink, how do I get a bonus to this? <laughs> like when, when John only was trying to, to get into the uh, the lockers, it's like one of the first couple oh, episodes, yeah. and we're like, don't do that. No, yeah, if the rest of your group is saying, please don't do that, it might be a good reason to rethink it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and as Adagoki says about bonuses, just remember, folks, fair fights are for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> If there's any topics you want, to dis- want us to discuss in our next TLDL, post on Facebook, send us an email at the uh, called shop podcast at gmail.com. You know, we, we really appreciate the comments and, every- and questions we've gotten from uh, from a bunch of you guys. You know, Mike in Chicago and uh, Oystein out of, uh, I believe it's Norway, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe he's in Norway. Um, oh, that's cool. You can also find us on Twitter uh-huh. at called shot pod, or you can find me specifically at... Who's me? Wes. You can find Wes, the GM, <laughs> at CS West GM. 